Hello, friends. Welcome to the Pastor's Cut podcast. This is the edition of the podcast for the week, uh, I believe, for the first Sunday in March. Is that correct? I think so, yeah. My goodness, we're already in March. (laughs) Wow. So we're recording this the day after President's Day. Uh, My children were off yesterday and today. Your children were off yesterday and today. Um, nice little mini break. They get two days now for President's Day? They One for so, President's Day and one for a teacher. In service uh, day. Yeah, in whatever, service. One yeah, of those yeah. training back days. Back. Isn't that nice? Yeah. Yes. And your, some, one of your children was off gallivanting at the James Bond Island. This is true. Uh, he sent video proof of where he was, and I was... <laughs> it's a sin to be envious, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. You can, I'm pretty you can sure be happy it is. for him and really wish you were there too. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I wish I was there. Uh, anyway, yes, it was a, they were, a, went on a songwriting retreat, I believe, and, and oh, really had cool. a good time. So mm. off the coast of Thailand somewhere. Mm. So, wow. Pretty rough. Um, yeah. Yeah. They didn't invite <laughs> me. Mm. Jerks. Punks. <laughs> so Marissa, what yeah. um, what fun stuff have your kids been into the last couple of days? Well, um, my daughter is getting ready to perform in her first uh, middle school musical. So oh we've goodness. been studying her scripts, and she's got a long rehearsal today, and, and we're getting close to performance time next week. So that's been consuming our waking hours. So it's been yes. fun. It's a new thing for her. That's fun. Yeah. My boy had his eighth birthday today. Oh, happy birthday, Christopher. I know. Happy happy birthday. Shout out for Christopher from the Pastor's Cut podcast. He's a devoted listener. He is absolutely (laughs) not. (laughs) Oh, he is having a blast. This morning we opened up all of his presents. And so he, I already got a couple of videos. He's constructed this, this Hot Wheels round turnaround thingy. He's loving it. Fun. Very yes, cool. I should go to your house. That sounds like a lot of fun. Better than a Thai island. Yeah, well, <laughs> different kind of fun. Yeah. <laughs> okay. No, Hot Wheels is fun. Oh, I, the Hot Wheels is fun. Yeah. Absolutely, yes. So we're looking at Matthew chapter 5. This is the, the first sermon from Darren's new teaching series that will lead us all the way up to Easter. He'll carry through Palm Sunday, and then he'll do, he'll do a special message on Easter Sunday. For this first sermon, he's exploring this idea, what does it look like to be a mediocre Christian? So many times we, we talk about how we can do better and how we should do better, and Darren wants to look at it from a different angle to say, what would it look like if we're just average? And, and so in the middle of that, he's looking at Matthew chapter 5 to start off the series, looking at salt and light. So, Marissa, would you mind reading for us just our our few verses, Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. Sure. You are salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way... Let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. That is a great 
passage. It's a short passage. It's sweet. Uh, over the years, I have heard so many sermons about this, some that are great and some that were <laughs> really, really bad, if I'm honest. Um, as we're digesting and processing this, um, I, I want to kind of take it in two segments, talk about the salt first and talk about the light second. But before we even get there, is there anything about the passage or maybe the overall context that stands out to you? Uh, and then I'll, I'll share my thoughts. Sure. Well, in these verses, Jesus is reinforcing the idea that God blesses his children in order that they might bless others. So this is part of the Sermon of the Mount, famously, mm -hmm. um, where he is letting people know what it means to be a child of God, what it means to be inheritors of God's promises. We're not to hoard our blessings or live in an isolated way in the knowledge that we're forgiven. We're supposed to reflect God's light. We're supposed to love those around us. And as his heirs, we have an obligation to care well for the creation we inherit. Um, God will bless the world through us. This is all about being people of influence. Yes, yes, absolutely. So as I look at this and I, I frame it, if I were teaching this, I'd almost frame it going all the way back to 5.1. This is, this is definitely part of the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is setting a different set of expectations for, for those who are going to be participants in the kingdom of God, for those who are going to follow Jesus. This is what discipleship looks like. Discipleship looks like, number one, with the Beatitudes, looking at those who are poor in spirit, looking at those who mourn, looking at those who are humble. Those are the values that we should embrace as followers of Jesus. But because we embrace those values, we also embody being salt and embody being light. Mm -hmm. It's it's an identity piece, really, for, for the disciples. And so we might even talk about, you know, what does it mean to, to have an identity as opposed to simply doing a bunch of stuff? Mm -hmm. What's the difference between the two? Yes, yeah. It's inherent in who we are. Yes. And I think about um, how uh, our society has embraced the role of influencer, that it's one of the highest paid professions now is to influence others um, on social media. Kylie Jenner is uh, the most highly paid influencer. When she drinks a weight loss tea, she automatically makes a million dollars. 70% of millennials oh are influenced by recommendations of their peers rather than um, by traditional advertising. So... Uh, advertising firms will hire regular people to be seen with their products so that, you know, th that a product will gain credibility, it'll gain trust, it'll become viral, it'll rack up sales, and they choose the most vapid of people, at least on the outset, you know, mm -hmm. they choose them mm -hmm. for their vapid qualities, um, people that are, are beautiful and live the lifestyles that we, uh, that we hope to attain, you know, they're going to those Thai islands and, and living, <laughs> posting on Instagram their, their wonderful lives, but Jesus never operates as expected. He chooses as his influence, influencers, those that he talks about in the Beatitudes, the lowly, mm -hmm. the meek, the despised of the world. You know, he had, um, so many common people amongst his followers. Um, he had some prominent people. Um, people of influence in that way, but the vast majority of the people that followed Jesus were the lowly, the despised, the marginalized people of the world, and this is where Jesus seeks uh, influencers for his viral campaign. That's who we're supposed to be, is to create this this uh, viral sensation out of the gospel. Yes, yes. I love that, and you, I love that you used uh, vapid. Was that the word? <laughs> yeah. There's our vocabulary word of the day, vapid. Um <laughs> As we move on and look at salt and light specifically, looking at those two terms and, and what they mean in context, salt, of course, it's it's a preservative. It is um, it, it can be used as as a spice. Um, what do you think Jesus is saying here? I, I've heard 
I've heard both of those descriptions used. Of course, commentators even, even go further and describe a couple other uses potentially of salt. What do you think Jesus means when he's using salt here? Yeah, one of the great things about Jesus is the things that he says, you know, we have the idea of turning the gym, and there's so many different meanings behind them and so much mm-hmm. depth. Mm-hmm. So to say that salt is one thing doesn't negate its other properties. <laughs> you yes, know what I mean? Yes. Um, so salt, to me, you know, it cleanses, it preserves, it flavors. But one of the things that a preservative does is it keeps things from falling apart. Um, so people are messy. Mm. And if we want to live like Jesus, that means we enter into that mess. It's an incarnational act. Um, As Christians, we're supposed to be attracted to the mess, and when things fall apart, we get in there and we try to fix. So those who are merely religious, you know, um, try to avoid mess at all costs. Mm -hmm. Um, They want to discuss theology, they want to, you know, learn and uh, have arguments on Twitter and debate, but they never move their orthodoxy to orthopraxy. They never move into the practical applications of what does that mean for our day-to-day lives. And that's what Jesus is asking people to do is just not to avoid the discomfort and pain of the world, but to actually get in there and be salt and preserve mm-hmm. and clean up that mess. Mm-hmm. So when a person living into their saltiness sees a person who's emotionally falling apart, uh, they reach out to them. When they see communities falling apart, they go in. Deeds of love and mercy in a broken world are salt. So as a community group, uh, maybe talk about uh, how Jesus compels us to bring truth and joy and good works of love to those around us, and what do people in your life most need salt with right now? That is brilliant. As I, as I look at this and I think about salt and I think about entering into to whatever is going on in the mess of, of humanity, I just dealing with neighbors, dealing with friends, dealing with people around us, with with whatever crisis they're walking through or just the normalcy of life that they're walking through. I see Jesus really issuing a, a different, I'm trying to think as I'm going, mm-hmm. um, a different standard with which to live instead of doing, like you said, the the religious thing where, where you just stand back and do your own thing. Jesus is, mm-hmm. is almost saying, this was the command of Israel as a nation to begin right. with. As as followers of Yahweh, the people of Israel were to be people who demonstrated that God was present and God wanted to walk with you, and to point other people to know and experience the goodness of God. And yet, the Israelites stood back in Exodus 19 when when God came down and made Himself known and made Himself present. The people stood back and said, "No, we need a mediator. We we this this big God thing is too scary." And so <laughs> they put a mediator in place. And then Jesus, here in Matthew 5, says. Actually, you get to be representatives. You get to live out and embody the command that, that God had for the people of Israel to demonstrate God in the world around you, which then brings us to the next phrase, talking about light. Mm. And probably one of the biggest images, there, there's a lot of images what it, what that could have been. There was a city not too far from Nazareth that, that was literally on a hill that, that maybe Jesus could have been referring to. There, there was a city on the Sea of Galilee that you could see for miles for anyone that was on the sea at night because the light was so visible. Uh, ultimately, um, many commentators suggest that, that the light, it's a symbol of, of Jerusalem, that Jerusalem was supposed to be the great light that, that would point people towards Yahweh. Even Cicero, at one point in Roman history, talked about how Rome was a light for so many other cities around that they could see the civilization of Rome. Um, as you look at, at the light of the world and what that means, what, what do you think that Jesus was saying about followers of Jesus? Well, I think about Exodus 3 and the burning bush, excuse me, um, that the burning bush is described as a vessel for a flame, 
that uh, the bush itself did not produce. Mm -hmm. um, it's the same way for influential Christians. We shine, but the light doesn't come from us. It comes from the light of the kingdom from within us and amongst us. So God gives a certain radiance to his people. Um, we light uh, not just the, the, uh, the house that we're within, but as you said, we're supposed to light the entire world. Mm -hmm. um, we illuminate, we de demystify, we reveal uh, the surroundings around us. Um, and uh, in Jesus's day, people used these very small clay lamps that did not emit a whole lot of light. It was burned olive oil, and this was supposed to light their entire home. Um, so you would have to put it up on a lampstand in order to get maximum benefit from this small, small amount mm -hmm. of light. And the lights were left burning throughout the night to ward off prowlers, both human and spiritual, because darkness meant chaos and mystery and evil. And that's what we're supposed to do for the world. We're supposed to put our influence up on a lampstand so we can reveal um, the need for God in the world, reveal the truth. It says, let your light glow around people in such a way that seeing your good works, they will exalt your Father in heaven. And that makes me think, too, of saltiness again. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. You know, when you eat a delicious French fry from McDonald's, they're especially great when they're covered with salt. But you never say, you know, oh, that was good salt. <laughs> this is you true. say, this was a good French fry. So we're supposed to be that salt that points to the glory of God. Mm -hmm. um, so what around us needs to be illuminated with God's light? What evil must not be tolerated. What's good that needs to be celebrated, highlighted, and protected? That's what light does. If I were teaching the community group at this point, I would actually go back to Matthew 5, verses 7, 8, and 9, looking through, you know, talking about what does it mean to be light? What, how do you realistically live that out? Mm -hmm. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. There's something about demonstrating God's mercy to other people, about actively not only being pure in heart, approaching everyone from a pure heart and from a pure perspective, inviting others to have, giving people the benefit of the doubt instead <laughs> of going in with guns blazing all of the time, instead of automatically judging like so much of the world is so quick to point fingers, maybe step back and say, hey, Let's, let's take a second look at this. Or perhaps actually entering into a conflict and saying, you know what, let's look at things from another perspective. Let's have a, a, greater, let's have a greater perspective. Let's approach conflict as a, a situation where we can work it out and we can actually approach each other and care about each other instead of simply just continuing with that conflict. Right. Yeah, the gospel should be appetizing. Yes. And presented with, uh, you know, prudence and tact and kindness, but never bland, never dull, never tedious. Um, and salt is one of those things that's translated as interesting or engaging. Um, legalism is condemning. Mm -hmm. That's not what we're supposed to be. Yes. We're supposed to be compelling with the message of Christ, um, engaging with the world in compelling ways. Yes. As you're in your community group and as you're talking about this idea of being salt and being light, being an influencer, you might ask the question, because Darren's going to be asking in his message, mm -hmm. how can you do a bad job of being an influencer? <laughs> it might be worth just asking and throwing around a brainstorm, because doing a bad job necessarily means we'll think about, we'll be comparing, what is Jesus really saying? And how can we genuinely embody this and live this out? Right. And I think that... Um you know, in Matthew 7, as he wraps up the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is telling us about two different ways to live. Mm -hmm. um, so you might go to Matthew 7 and look at that. He's talking about 
people who live with mediocrity and people who live as disciples. And they're both, you know, they both might perceive themselves as Christians, um, but there are two paths, two mm-hmm. trees, two mm-hmm. houses. So there's two very different ways of living life that look the same on a superficial level, but one leads to, leads to destruction. So I think we need to remember um, not to be, you know, the, the verse about having a fear of trampling and, and how um, if salt loses its saltiness, that mm-hmm. all it's good for mm-hmm. is being trampled under feet. Um, if you're afraid of that because it's harsh language, just know that it's very easy to rectify that situation. Mm-hmm. It's very easy to remove that bowl from your lampstand. <laughs> it's very easy um, to become salt again, and that salt is intrinsic to who we are. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in chemistry, salt is a stable ca- compound, um, and in Christ, our saltiness, that's, that's who we are. So to live into our identity is something that we're all able to do at any point. Whether we're talking about producing fruit of the spirit or talking about being salty, these things are elemental to who we are. We just have to remember that, that being salt and shining light and producing fruit, all of these images are just different ways of living into our identity as, uh, as followers of Christ. So if I were in a community group and I were sitting next to Marissa and Marissa just, it just shared what she shared, I would ask the question then, how do we remind ourselves of our identity? Where do we go back to find those things and to remind ourselves of those things so that we can and embody those again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just look around and say, what around us do we need to illuminate with the light of God? Mm-hmm. Um, stop hoarding your blessing. Yes, <laughs> Start yes. sharing it. What evil must not be tolerated? Like I said, what is broken around us that must be fixed? Um, what, where's the mess that we need to get into? Um, it's so easy for us to um, kind of um, be safe with our families and comfortable knowing about the love of God but um, being uncomfortable about stepping outside of our homes and sharing that with others because it does get messy and chaotic. Mm-hmm. That's what we're called to do. Mm-hmm. One final thought before we close up for the day. Uh, Marissa, What do you have any one final thing you wanted to share that you haven't shared yet? Um, you know, there's a, a quote by a parenting advocate and child rights advocate um, named L.R. Nost um, that I really like that I'll share in closing. Um, Do not be dismayed by the brokenness of the world. All things break and all things can be mended, not with time, as they say, but with intention. So go, love intentionally, extravagantly, unconditionally. The broken world waits in darkness for the light that is you. And of course, as Christians, I would augment that, the light Mm -hmm. that God gives you. Yes, yes. (laughs) The light that God gives us, the light light that comes from God. I would say, you know, some... Going back to what you said earlier, some of the language in in the Sermon on the Mount is pretty harsh. Mm. It, it seems like we necessarily we can't necessarily live up to that standard because it's such a high standard. At one point, um, Jesus even says, "You need to be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect." In the middle of of the the, the message on the Mount, that word for perfection in the Greek, it actually it's. It has connotations with it of being a student, of, of being one who's learning from their master. Mm. And as you learn from your masters, you learn from your teacher, the more time you spend with them, the more you end up mimicking them, the more you end up living as they live and doing as they do. The more time we spend with God, the more time we spend seeking Him and intentionally investing in our relationship with Him, the more He's going to rub off on us, and the more this becomes easier. And so it seems like it's harsh statements because Jesus expected His disciples to live out this way. Mm-hmm. 
but it's not that we do it in isolation where we just check it off a list and somehow create a new system of religiosity. Mm -hmm. It's a system of growing in intimacy with God, and God allows us to embody who He is. Just like Moses had that, that glow, that glory when he spent time with God, we can have that glow of who God is that, that illuminates and comes out of us and ends up impacting everyone around us. Mm, I like that. <laughs> Brad, I know that, that you, like, you don't like me popping a random <laughs> question on you, but as we close up, do you have any thoughts on salt and light? Well, salt also is a healer, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. Salt also melts ice. Just mm. thinking of two properties of salt that we didn't cover a lot, but those are two properties. The thing that really hit me is when Marissa first started this morning, she went on into the the thought that we have been blessed in order to be a blessing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I love that thought. I think sometimes I and maybe some other people forget where that blessing came from. Mm. And we thought maybe we earned it ourselves. Mm. And and as if we didn't trust God to give us another blessing, we hoard them like Marissa was saying. So it, it's, it behooves us to remember the Psalm 100 verse 3, that it is He that has made us and not we ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I just, um, that hit me when she said that one. Mm, yep. And sometimes we just go... And I deserve that blessing. Thank you so much. <laughs> and that's not the intent, I think, of the giver. Right. <laughs> well, my friends, with that final note, thank you, Brad. <laughs> I, I, I want to wrap us up for the day. So we'll see you back here again next week. We'll see you virtually since we're doing an audio <laughs> recording. Quote, unquote, see. Yes. But we'll be back here again next week for another round of the Pastor's Cut. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. May God cause his face to shine upon you, and may he be gracious to you. Amen. Amen.